2: Dare to be different in Yumiko's new Grace Velvet Collection. Introduced by Maria Kochakova, this brand new fabric is bold in color, singular in presence, and classic in style. As one of Yumiko's favorite ventures to date, the fabric subtly reflects light in its own way and exudes a spirit of confidence to inspire every dancer to find strength in their individuality. Shop the collection online at yumiko.com and in stores now. Don't forget to also check out the recently launched 2020 colors and monthly ready to wear options. This episode is brought to you by the Town of Vale, a sponsor helping to host the Vale Dance Festival in our community. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro.
0: And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
2: Today, on Conversations on Dance, we are happy to bring you our full conversation with celebrated choreographer Pam Tanowitz from the 2019 Vail Dance Festival. We spoke with Pam from a live panel event at Washington, D.C.'s Kennedy Center in episode 140, and we are thrilled to be able to get some time to speak with her a little more in depth about her career and work in today's episode. As a choreographer, Pam Tanowitz is known for her abstract treatment of classical and contemporary movement ideas. Her work is deeply rooted in formal structures, manipulated and abstracted by her until the viewer sees through to the heart of the dance. In 2000, Tanowitz founded Pam Tanowitz Dance to explore dance making with a consistent community of dancers, and has since choreographed works for some of the world's most renowned dance companies, including the Martha Graham Dance Company, Paul Taylor American Modern Dance, and the New York City Ballet. She has been commissioned by the Joyce Theater the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, Jacobs Pillow Dance Festival, Vail Dance Festival, and many other leading arts institutions. Today we talk with Pam about how she studied choreography, what inspires her, how she works in the studio, and about her work that she created for the Vail Dance Festival in 2019. Okay, Pam, well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. This finally worked out. It's been three years in the making, honestly, for us to have you in this room.
1: I know, I feel sort of bad about that. No,
2: No, it's just paths crossing and not being able to make it
1: work. So we're happy. To have you now. yes I'm happy to be here awesome thanks guys <laughs> yeah
0: we had such a great conversation with you in DC on the panel but now we have you by yourself but for those who may not have heard that episode could we do a little bit of a backtrack and just kind of get into how you first um, became interested in dance and when you started making dances yourself
1: sure oh wow that's like a lot yeah. um <laughs> you've
0: got two minutes on the clock okay so um
1: I'll just I can just start with how I started making dances maybe mm-hmm. sure um I mean, I could go further back. I started um, with modern, Mm -hmm. sort of, I think I was 10 or 11 or 12. Um, I grew up in Westchester and my mom, you know, just signed me up. I actually went, I tagged along with a friend to modern dance class. I stayed for the rest of my life, but also (laughs) through high school and she like, you know, dropped out the Probably the next year or something, right, right. Um, and then my two sisters also started taking. So, so all three of us—I have two sisters. Mm-hmm. All three of us were um, into modern dance, and that it's actually interesting. And we had. Um, serious teachers. I mm-hmm. had really, all the teachers came from New York, mm-hmm. you know, on, by train mm-hmm. to Westchester. So I had, um, Hannah Kahn, I had Marcus Schulkine, I had Lonnie Morton, like working artists that were teaching the city and making work. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know at the time, right. but I had a really amazing, um, you know, education and, and my favorite story I've told it before is that my mom, you know, signed me up for a workshop Mm -hmm. and I had Blondell Cummings who is, I don't know who, if you know who that is, but she's amazing, um, experimental, um, performer. She performed with Meredith Monk. I had Ohad Naharan. I had no idea who these people were, Uh you know? So, um, that's all probably somewhere in here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to Ohio state uh from my undergrad and that's where I started choreographing. Mm-hmm. And I about my junior year is when I got serious. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So you were choreographing just mostly on students at the school at the yeah, Well, time, I started
1: or? we mm-hmm. it, they had a very rigorous um choreography and composition mm-hmm. track. That's cool. Which is was very different from when I went to Sarah Lawrence was oh very open. So mm-hmm. it was really nice for me to have a sort of very strict mm-hmm. and then a very open, you know, um so cuz they say you need to learn the rules to break the rules. Mm-hmm. So that was literally my, you know, history. Um, so it was very strict. You had to, you couldn't just choreograph there. You had to take improv, improv one, improv two, mm-hmm. composition one, composition two. Finally, you got um, music. And we had a choice between two pieces of music. Mm-hmm. We couldn't pick our own music. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then finally you got to choreograph a piece.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You couldn't just, you know, and then you had to audition it. Mm -hmm. And not, and you not, you know, people didn't get in. Right. It was very uh, competitive. And we were, I was, you know, I was a little undergraduate. I was in, in uh, classes with graduate students. Mm -hmm. So it was very intimidating. Mm -hmm. Wow. I actually recently had a meeting with uh, Linda Murray at the New York Public Library, Mm -hmm. slowly talking about my archives Mm because she thinks it's interesting that I could start working on it now and not wait Mm-hmm. And and what that means? What does archive mean? And like, it's not just what you think it is. It's not just videos of your mm-hmm. dances. You know, it could be anything that reveals who you are as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I was looking through all these bo- uh, boxes and books and stuff, and I found my journal from Comp One. Wow! And it was like I was scared shitless. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this. I'm so scared. I'm. I hate, this class is my worst class. I'm, you know, sweating, I'm nervous, like, you know, because people would give feedback and it was intense. Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: I think that's so interesting because even though the ballet world is getting better about encouraging new choreographers, it's not like that. You don't get, yeah. I don't think you, as far as I understand it, you don't get feedback in that way. It's like, okay, here's the studio and some dancers. Make stuff. but Make right. stuff. Yeah. But based on what? How much do you think like those classes impacted who you are as a choreographer? Oh
1: it's everything it was everything mm-hmm. and like i said and then i got and i studied with all different teachers so they all had different experiences in my mm-hmm. four years there mm-hmm. you know i studied with um uh, uh vera blaine who is the head of the department of uh, vicky urris who is a paul taylor dancer who went on to make her mm-hmm. own work john giffen who has studied with anthony tudor and went mm-hmm. to juilliard you know him mm-hmm. no I oh, mean, okay. the, i mean yeah Just the name like, is familiar so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like my my training is very eclectic, right mm-hmm. you know, um, so of course, it shaped everything mm-hmm. you know? were most
2: of these people that you were working with people who had experience in choreography themselves, yes. or just yeah, okay absolutely, yeah,
1: and that's the other thing is like, you know, right? you want a teacher who also does it, mm-hmm. you know, um. Because how else can they right. teach it?
2: So how did they kind of shape you while still allowing you to be your yourself and create your own voice? But how did they kind of give you that feedback? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I know exactly how to answer this because mm-hmm. there was a moment where I had a teacher who in technique class totally ignored me. Hmm. I mean, I'm not a bad dancer. I'm not a, you know, I, I can move, but right. I'm not a star right. dancer, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I was somehow able to like take whatever movement people gave me and like never did it the way they wanted me to do it. I would mm-hmm. do it like how I would do it. Oh. Oh, okay. So I knew sort of early on that I wasn't going to be in a company right. because how can you do that? You need <laughs> right. to do the what they what the you know choreographer wants. Right. Um, but I had the same teacher as my comp teacher, and mm-hmm. I got so much attention from mm-hmm. her. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. could tell that she was excited and uh-huh. supportive and pushed me. And my piece, you know, got on the the program, you know, mm-hmm. at Ohio State. And so, and my first piece that I choreographed was called, I Only Drink Coffee, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> um, and so, but, but so to speak, so that's sort of a funny thing. which right. And I noticed later on was like, you know, I got totally ignored because I wasn't a star. Like,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, high legs and stuff like you know that, mm-hmm. but then I got all this attention in this other mm-hmm. arena but but, but seriously, I think for me, like the information that I took from it was I realized that I wanted to make things more than be in things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to solve problems and puzzles and um be challenged and try to figure out mm-hmm. how to make things work. Um, it's a different mindset, right, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Then taking something, you know, someone like Melissa Tugood who's mm-hmm. like a brilliant performer, um, you know, incredible. Her art is taking movement and making it work. Mm-hmm. That's a different I couldn't do that. Right.
0: Interesting. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it really makes me think of um one of my favorite things about your work is the way that you can weave influence into it. So I can see that something is discernibly Cunningham or Balanchine, but it's still very much your voice. So who who are your your major influences and how do you think that you're able to um, be yourself even when you're kind of, quote, speaking as Mm -hmm. them?
1: Yeah, Um, that's a hard one. I mean, that's a good question. It's a hard one for me to answer because I think... A lot of it is uh, intuitive. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm an, and it's not a way for me to weasel out of your question. Mm -hmm. I do. I think I am an intuitive artist. That being said, it doesn't mean I shouldn't try to figure it out sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, a lot of times I don't know what my pieces are till after. Mm -hmm. So like while I'm making something, I don't know like, oh, I'm doing that or I'm doing that. Sometimes I can see it after or months after, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, there was a part in my Bartok ballet where everyone was like, four temperaments, four temperaments. You know? And I didn't really realize it. Uh-huh. I mean, I oh, love fine. Balanchine. I love four Ts. That's right. one of my favorites. Um so I'm sure it was in there but it wasn't a conscious. Sometimes I do a conscious. Sometimes I mm-hmm. say I'm taking this step and then I'm going to like do work mm-hmm. on it more and like so if it's like a pivot step from balancing like you know maybe we do 25 p- pivots then. Mm-hmm. Not just like two right. or whatever, you know, or like t- change it, change the tempo, mm-hmm. change So sometimes I am doing it consciously. Mm-hmm. Like my new piece here, mm-hmm. there's a section that's like from rubies or inspired from rubies that mm-hmm. came from the dancers. Mm-hmm. And that to me has meaning because it came from the dancer right. that dances rubies. Right, right, right. Right. Can, right? can you yeah. tell
2: us that story you were telling us the other night how you kind of just like asked the dancers?
1: Yes. Well, I think, uh, yes, I think that the reason why – I'll take it back a little bit, and I think I said this to you also, maybe in that same conversation, which is I'm realizing more and more that along with what you said about the movement that I'm working with, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just realizing now I didn't really fully answer you because you asked me about my influences, but we We can can get back. We'll get back. back. We'll go back to (laughs) Um, is that I'm realizing more and more that my pieces are about the people in the room. Mm -hmm. So that leads to what you're asking, which Mm -hmm. is, I'll set up a structure. I'll set up my movement. I don't do it too soon mm-hmm. because I don't. It's not improv. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying like I don't work with improvisation in that way. Right. Like, um, like what are the images you're interested in? Or what, Like, uh, you know, like it's very specific. But while while we're making stuff, I'll say to a New York City ballet dancer, like, what's your favorite ballet that you perform? What part of it? Why? And then. And then I think about like, if that's interesting to me, you know, it's not like all the, everything gets in, you know, (laughs) or I'll say, what have you done? You know, you've danced your whole career at ABT. What have you not done Mm -hmm. that have you ever like rolled on the floor or done this or like, so is that, would that be interesting for you to try? You know, cause inherent (laughs) in this festival is also these dancers haven't danced together. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to Miriam and she said like, where, when or where else can I ever be on stage with Melissa Too and Carla Corbs? Corb? Mm-hmm. Corbs is that right? Or I guys. asked Corbin. We've, <laughs> we've heard a lot. So, you know, where could a dancer like Miriam Miller stand on a stage with Melissa and Carla?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you know, it's amazing. And 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 then back to me, like when can I have all these dancers? When mm-hmm. what opportunity do I have to make a duet for Calvin, Royal, and Carla and then mm-hmm. have them all. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. So that also has meaning mm-hmm. why we're here, why we're making this dance, we're making it mm-hmm. for veil, vale. you know, like, let's be conscious of everything. Like, yeah. let's not make it in a vacuum. Right, right. right. You
0: know. So you, you're you talking a little bit about how the dancers affect the process, but what um, initially inspires you about a dancer? What are you looking for in your dancers mm-hmm. when you're you're picking them for... Especially yeah. in a situation like this, we have a, a broad range,
1: yeah, I think um people have asked me this before, and you know, and they all assume I'm gonna say technique, which is true, mm-hmm. but it also I, I I need um a thinking dancer, a dancer in the room that's gonna solve problems mm. and <clears throat> like. I'm not a choreographer that tells you, like, go here on count eight and turn and then you go upstage. Like, this is the movement. It's happening here. Then we're going to, like, manipulate it over here. And then somehow you're going to get there because you got to meet this other dancer. Mm -hmm. And let's figure it out together. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. And I like to give them freedom for a couple reasons. One is... I want them to dancers to experiment with the movement. So I don't want I want to see how they're doing it Mm -hmm. and what the approach is, and then I shape it and I take stuff out, you know, or they'll do things that I can't didn't think of myself Mm -hmm. and that it's better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're (laughs) like yes, keep put that that in, you know. there's actually a joke. I th- maybe told you this. There's a joke in my company that don't do anything you don't want to do on the sides. Like, you know how people practice pirouettes <laughs> right, and right, stuff? Right. And, I'll, and I'll look and I'll be like, I love that. Let's put it in. So that's what it is. Right, so right, when right. I went to <laughs> City funny. Ballet and I had Miley with me and um, Jason from my company, uh-huh. they actually, I, I, hadn't, I didn't know. Miriam actually told me that they told the dancers, don't do anything you don't want to perform because if she sees it, She'll put it in. They were looking out for
2: those. Yeah. Things. I was
1: like, wow. Okay. A lot is happening. So, <laughs> that's I love, so funny. and
0: I'm, maybe you were being funny or yeah. joking, but yeah. I loved it. seems like you take inspiration not just from dancers. Like you, uh, Heather Watts was backing into the wing at that performance we were sitting at together, and she had her eyes like she was shielding her eyes yes. from light. Oh,
1: wait, I like, have to put that in. You're like, I'm I forgot. Put that in. No, but it was amazing. Just, she was like looking out, and there's a part there was during rehearsal at the tent. Um, there's a Adirondack chairs, and yeah, so Jared was sitting in one of them, and I was like, I loved it. So now there's an Adirondack chair in the back for him to sit after his solo. <laughs> so it's all the process uh-huh. that's in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I. I feel like you asked me something else, and I can't remember. I don't know. It. We're we're getting all over it. Yeah, oh, good. Like, good. the other thing about dancers <laughs> is, is that. Um, my work is exposing because I want stuff. I'm not trying to hammer them out and put me in. It's more like very exposing. And what happens is you actually get to see the dancer as a person more mm-hmm. through the movement, even though it's my movement and 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 um, but it's there's something about it or the way we put it together that exposes them more because right. they can't hide behind a presentational. Right. Or a f- eyebrow. Ooh. Fur. Yes. Ooh, yeah, that's like our that. least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> teacher used
2: to always say that looks like a ballerina in pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. For yes. The that, that. <laughs> um. Huh. So I, I wonder as you're talking about how much influence just happens from the room and the yes. things around you. What do you go into the studio in a new piece thinking about? How much do you have planned out? How much does it change? Or do you just kind of like let it?
1: No, flow? I plan stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to plan stuff to let it go right I can't walk like I think there are choreographers that do lots of different things like maybe they have their piece of music and so they know that music but they don't have any steps so they make it on the spot Um, I'm not like that I would be a wreck yeah Um, Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it was hard for this project because I had no music because the music's being made as the dance is being made, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. Caroline Shaw is making amazing music. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's very much about our process, too, together. Um, And she's also every night I text her saying the dance is three minutes longer. And she's like, Ah. she writes back in all caps, PAM. (laughs) <laughs> Tanowitz <laughs> and I'm like oh, I don't know what that means but anyway so I come in I probably have my notebook over there but no one can see it because we're a podcast Yeah, but <laughs> you'll show us later I can show you later Um, but I come in with a notebook of mm-hmm. drawings and it looks like a football
0: mm-hmm. pattern
1: yeah Um, and then I usually have one phrase totally prepped up like new mm-hmm. Um, and then I also take from other dances where I feel like they weren't developed in a, or develop, develop them in a different way mm-hmm. that are still of interest to me because I feel like not, I can't like, not every, well, nothing's new anyway. Mm-hmm. And so like, you, you know, the balancing quote, right. Mm-hmm. The famous one, just new combinations. Right. right. Mm-hmm. um So I always mix up some, older stuff that is still interesting to me and with the new stuff and um yeah and then we uh do th- different things you know with my dancers I I go it's a little more complicated but we I make map out like different um how do I like different formats so like mm-hmm. say a phrase um goes from downstage to upstage you know mm-hmm. then we would uh do the same movement, but, you know, in a circular path or reverse it and then bring it to the floor. Like, and, you know, so, gotcha. so like, you know. Variations on a theme. Exactly. You know, here, since the process is much quicker, I'll maybe tell them to like splice something, like mm-hmm. a shorter part of it. Like take phrase one and phrase two, the first five of each and do one, one, two, two, three, mm-hmm. you know, like gotcha. that. Mm-hmm. Um Not everything is, I use, you know, I like to have um movement like swatches of fabric so mm-hmm. it was like that chunk and that right piece right. of fabric you know uh-huh. piece you know and then move them in and out and mm-hmm. um yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about your relationship to music so some of your first works then it sounded like you had to just do what was given to you
1: oh back yeah oh, back to yes, yeah yes yes
0: so um now that you can do what you want what what do you find yourself attracted to musically and and how does that shape the work yeah
1: i mean i really am attracted to music that everybody hates <laughs> <laughs> like very avant-garde plucky spare, yeah. spare so it's hard sometimes um uh, you know that's I, what i
0: liked about your those first works i saw yeah, because then you it's,
1: it's hard for people it's more direct um, uh i did a whole dance to morton feldman which people thought was crazy because um uh, it was an 80-minute string quartet. Um, but since then, I've also realized I have to expand, and I can't use the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again because um, it's not good for me artistically, you know. Mm-hmm. I've found that um, there's a lot of music that sort of combines both. Like, So I did a piece to Nancaro string quartet. So Nancaro is a composer who's very famous for um, making – scores on player piano really fast. Mm-hmm. That's um, – and Merce Cunningham has used, um, Mark Morris has used. But he ha- he had these string quartets that I found like nobody used. So that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were accessible and still not at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important for me to figure out ways that the audience – when I use harder music to uh, not alienate the audience but to figure out ways – Uh, to let them in, in that alienating music. So I, so that's my goal when I use that. And then, you know, skip to, you know, Goldberg Variations, which Mm -hmm. is like, you know, the Goldberg (laughs) Variations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when Simona Dinnerson asked me to collaborate with her, I was like, sure. And she, you know, showed me, she actually showed me CDs, Mm -hmm. like real, this is what (laughs) I I play. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not doing the Goldberg Variations. (laughs) But then I thought, well, because I had used all these other sort of harder pieces of music, actually, that is a challenge for right.
2: me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you like to scare yourself a I little do. bit. <laughs> so like,
1: but, and the Jerry Robbins and like, you know, like what is happening? Like, you know, ch- you know, two women collaborating on um, a very male mm-hmm. uh, project, you know, I think is important also. Um I do like to scare myself. And then I from there I did the four quartets. So that was even more scary. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said yes to that project, um, was because I thought it would never happen. The producer and director at Bard, Gideon Lester, who's a huge supporter and, you know, uh of me and my career and my work and my company. And um we worked together on that piece. And I but initially I said no because I, I was like, it's never going to happen. And it totally happened. <laughs> and it didn't just happen. Yeah. It was right. a huge success.
0: Right. I mean, Alistair Macaulay said it was, it's the greatest dance of the 21st century.
2: We will return to Conversations on Dance in a Moment. But first, this week we are sponsored by our good friends at Vayette Virtual Ballet School, the next stage of ballet training. Fayette Virtual Ballet School is a -a one-of-a-kind online ballet classroom providing world-class ballet training to aspiring students regardless of their location. Fayette Virtual Ballet School believes that teaching proper technique is just as important as nurturing the mental, physical, and emotional aspects of their students. Fayette Virtual Ballet School is an extra push that you need heading into your upcoming audition, competition, or summer intensives. For more information, visit veyetvirtualballetschool.com. That's v e y e t t e virtualballetschool.com or click the link in the description of this episode.
0: When when you're making <laughs> something like that, do you like self-evaluate as you're as you're creating a work? Are you like, oh this is I'm, I think this is pretty good for me, or like, I have no idea what this is. What's that process? Like, no. for four quartets, you weren't like, oh, this is going to be a hit.
1: No. Oh my God. No, I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I, I was scared. Shitless. I was scared and I don't self evaluate. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why because the my most favorite thing about making dances is the process. Mm-hmm. I actually hate the show. Really? Yeah. I told you this before. Didn't I have i I've I think told you, did. you like I'm backstage throwing up and nervous. Like, no, I, don't, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, no. wow. I
2: think that so, that's got to be so crazy for choreographers because then you're in a moment where you have no control. It's just All over, right. right?
1: Yes, but what's interesting about the four quartets piece is I'm in it. I have oh, a cameo. No.
2: Amazing.
1: And um, so I'm worried about myself because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, right. I'm a wreck about doing it, and, and I'm already like, we have a bunch more shows of that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it, it was fun when I. Did it once. I did it twice because I went to London and that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, It was part of my whole like midlife crisis. Get yourself in shape. What, you know, if you want to ever dance again, like you're 48 years old, like it's now or never. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to go on stage when you're 68 for the first time. Like might as well just try it. Uh So So that was part of that whole gig. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just like, Oh, I have to keep, keep, Keep I know I'm like, like, Oh, I gotta get to the gym now. (laughs) Bye guys. No. So, um, so, but yes, back to what you're saying. Um, it, it's very hard. You let, I love the process so much. I have to let go. And then it's the dancers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. I don't, it's not mine anymore.
2: Let's talk about four quartets. What kind of life is, is it having now? It's, um, being performed yeah. often, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, well, we premiered it at Bard last summer and then we just did it at the Barbican mm-hmm. in London, which was my first international, it was my international debut. So Fantastic. it was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I was w- worried about what, um, British audiences were going to think of, me, But they were great. Awesome. Um, and then we're doing it at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Christy at Christy at UCLA was a co-commissioner of it. Mm-hmm. So um, and then I don't know if I'm allowed to say when it's somewhere else. But yeah. oh, when it's happening at in, yeah in New York it's happening mm-hmm. in York. oh in New York I don't in. think I can say it. don't well, tell us the details we we'll look out for it but yes and, and maybe some other places that aren't locked in yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah. really say it. but it's like it's, it's, but there's people, a lot of there's interest there's interest people are interested and I think they're interested because of the collaborative it's a, it is a dance but mm-hmm. it also has beautiful um, uh, sets mm-hmm. and, you know by Bryce Martin who's mm-hmm. a, an amazing artist lighting Clifton Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, music, Kaya Sarriaho. I mean, it's an amazing uh, costumes, Reed and Harriet, um, and the mu- live music, By the Night. So it's like very rich. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about this piece, actually, was I was it was the first time I used text.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and of course, Kathy Shalfant reading, who's an unbelievable actress. I mean, she's uh, royalty, you know, um, and she couldn't have been uh, more collaborative, and she's amazing. So there's a lot to look at. So if you're right. bored with the dance, you look at Kathy. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, it's made that way. It's right. made, there's moments of mm. of, of space where you take in the set and you can listen to the music and look at Kathy, and it's mm-hmm. all okay. Right, right, right. You know, and, and actually, that's something that I got from Merce Cunningham. Mm. Mm. So a lot of people think that it's the steps. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I use Cunningham technique in my work, like Mm -hmm. clean lines and fast footwork. That's it's also balletic, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Um, Use of torso. um, But but the thing that is so inspiring from Cunningham is actually his imagination, and same with Balanchine. So it's mm-hmm. like, yes, the steps, but it's like with with Cunningham, he sets up his dances that way that you actually can go in and out. Right. You're, like you're almost supposed to, right. you know? Um, so so those are the things that I really um, take from the people that have come before me, yeah. you know, that are inspiring mm-hmm. uh, to me or homages, you know? But I also mm-hmm. love Mark Morris. I love Twyla Tharp, um, Paul Taylor, you know, um, Lucinda Child, Sarah Mitchelson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. I that I care about their work and respect. And, you know, and it's not really a style. It's more like, if it's good, I'm going to like it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's not like, oh, well, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I loved, what did we see the other night? Um, the, uh. The two, was it the two, uh, what did they, ABT perform? Lilac Garden. Lilac Garden. Garden. I,
0: I that's one of my favorite. It's so good.
1: My, one of my favorite dances. And I actually said that to Damien and Uh he looked at me, he was shocked (laughs) because, and he said, why? And I said, it's a perfect ballet. There's Mm -hmm. nothing extra. Mm -hmm. Everything in there has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, he, and, and so that's what I mean. Like maybe you wouldn't necessarily think that I would love that ballet, but mm-hmm. I love that ballet. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's the thing. So, you know, it, it can't all be balancing black and white and Cunningham. Like there's right. other dances that I, um, you know, inspired by. I love, you know, the bottle dance from Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> <laughs> not Fiddler I mean- on the Roof, um, is it Fiddler on the Roof? Fiddler. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. The Bottle Dance. I just got like a panic attack. I I'm like, is that right? Am I saying it right? But that's like one of my favorite pieces of choir. Mean, it's
0: amazing. Yeah. So it's
1: not only, you know, I like, I have a very broad, mm-hmm. um, I think people might think I like one certain kind of thing, yeah. you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'm definitely drawn to that more, but I have a very broad mm-hmm. um,
0: range of it yeah. Those, yeah. yeah. If it's
1: good, yeah. If you, if it's compelling and good, and um and you have something like you there's urgency. That's mm-hmm. the thing I look for when I go to like I'd rather see a bad dance mm-hmm. that has urgency to it, and I could even like see why someone made it instead mm-hmm. instead of like a lovely dance that I walk out and I forget Not about already, it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so I'd rather see that. Like yeah. I think that's interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you um how do you feel affected by parameters that are set by the different commissions you might have so say Mm -hmm. someone says okay pam i want you to do goldberg variations it has to be this and you can do six dancers and it's this theater right versus you can do anything you feel like come on in yeah how does that change Mm -hmm. your process
1: well i actually like limits Mm -hmm. and i like rules because it actually pushes me in ways that maybe i wouldn't so i don't see it as a negative right if it's something I don't want to do, I'm not gonna do. It. You know what I mean? And Goldberg was actually um came from my company. Like it was um so no one so it was an idea that sprung out of me, meeting Simona and my manager at the time, Aaron Maddox, who's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, he put the whole thing together. I mean, mm-hmm. Goldberg was really the first sort of like, even though I had worked for decades mm-hmm. Um, it was very, I just did one show a year in New York. And then when I was done, I went to the next show, Mm -hmm. you know, and Aaron actually helped put this whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And it was about budget, how many dancers I could put in right. and things like that. And then he went after all the commissions, like Montclair, you know, all the different mm-hmm. co-commissioners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of work. So it wasn't like someone came to me and said, we're going to do all this for you. Like it right. came from my team, which was me and Aaron. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right, right. <laughs> Two people. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he really, it was like a labor of love. Right. Um, but then... And and even with T S the T S Elliott, um, it was barred labor of love. I mean, mm-hmm. they they are just amazing. So those two projects are different. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Taylor or a Graham coming to me is mm-hmm. sort of is what you're saying. Right. And so um with Graham, I had I first of all, I was having coffee with Janet for two years before she figured out she wanted to figure out the right project for me. Mm-hmm. And in the end, she was right. And then we talked about my interest in history. And so she came to me and said, "How would you feel about like using parts mm-hmm. of Graham like dances in your dance?" Mm-hmm. And like, and she and I got to go to the archive, and she gave me all these DVDs to watch, and it was really fun and like uh-huh. super up my alley. It was uh-huh. exciting. That's awesome. Um, and then and then she just said it would be lovely if it was a female composer because we're celebrating women, but like it wasn't. Like, you have to. Right. But I used... I love Caroline Shaw, mm-hmm. so I picked two of her scores. Mm-hmm. And they're performing it here okay. on August 9th.
0: And we're all Wonderful. missing it. And we're Wonderful. all missing <laughs>
1: it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. you <laughs> were telling Yeah. That. yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. so that's exciting. <laughs> so that was the gram. The tailor was different. They're like, we're doing a Bach festival. Uh-huh. You have to use Bach. <laughs> but any Bach... Like, uh-huh. like. so I got to choose, but it was for that. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, do yeah. I want to do that again, because now I don't want to get pegged as that again. But Mm -hmm. then I thought it's Paul Taylor. Mm -hmm. How can I say no? Yeah. And I guess allegedly he picked me like he knew, um, before he passed away, he picked, like, a couple of the last choreographers that are making stuff. So that feels like an honor. And then he passed away. So then it felt really important for me to do that piece. But I did get parameters mm-hmm. for that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, City Ballet was crazy because it was so last minute. I I used, like, a rough draft of another da- a dance that I made for ABT Workshop mm-hmm. uh, a year before. Mm-hmm. So the music was already... But I, but they yeah but I told them about my music for the next piece. They're very open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like to get their opinions. Like I sent I sent the score to Justin. Just mm-hmm. like I want to use this, and he's like, sounds great. You know. Yeah. But it's not like you have to use this. Right. Right. They're very right. support. They f- I feel very supported in what I want to do. Good. So yeah. um, I don't feel like people are telling me what to do.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: So, Pam, let's talk a little bit about the Veil Dance Festival sure. and your history here. Um, how many years have you been coming to the um, festival?
1: 2015, seventeen. 2015, I made a new dance. Mm-hmm. Um, That was my first time. Then 2017. Mm-hmm. Then I came quickly last year mm-hmm. c- with a piece that I had already made on Patty Delgado mm-hmm. and two of my dancers, Jason Collins and Victor Lozano. Mm-hmm. And here, yeah. so f- three, four, four, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
2: and so what is it about this festival that makes you really want to keep coming back and really be able to play here and experiment with new things?
1: Well, I, th- I think sort of what we talked about before, just the nature of being able to work with dancers mm-hmm. that I've never worked with, getting, you know, collaborating with them. Um, and really, even if I come with a plan, in my notebook, it always ends up being different. And I think it's really exciting. And Mm -hmm. I do get to play. um, You know, this piece is, I feel like I'm experimenting and doing research on a lot of different things, you know, Mm -hmm. it was important for me to, to try to um, do some work on point, you know, I have a Mm -hmm. lot to learn. So I'm wanted to include that, but then I Mm -hmm. didn't know how, because I also had Melissa, who's barefoot and then do it as everyone wear jazz shoes or, you know, just trying to figure out Mm -hmm. that is sort of interesting to me. Uh Like, so for example, this piece now I was able to figure out that if Miriam starts in point and then if Calvin and Carla come out in ballet shoes, then the rest of the piece can be in bare feet and Mm -hmm. there's a progression, but I needed to make it work. So like, that's something that I had to figure out. Mm -hmm. So things like that, you know, um, how, scheduling determines sections. Like mm-hmm. so I actually was thinking about um a duet for Melissa and Carla, but then it ended up I had Calvin because mm-hmm. Melissa was busy with her piece. So then I made a du- you know yeah. so like to be open to the that and that sort of exposes the Mm -hmm. process as well.
2: And sometimes you don't have dancers there that you're going to be using because they're not here quite yet. Right, like so so
1: Jared, Angle, like I I actually worked really fast. Mm -hmm. Like so originally when I made the cast with Damien, he's like, well, these are the people and then Jared's coming late. I'm like, it's totally fine because I'm not even going to have anything. Meanwhile, when Jared came, I had so much done. Uh Right, right, right. But I didn't see that as a problem, Mm -hmm. as uh, as, like something negative. It was something for me to solve. How do I make this work now? Because he's an amazing dancer, um, and, um, I love his presence on stage and I felt like it was really important to, to weave him in. Um, so that's, so I had to work harder, mm-hmm. you know?
0: So one of the things that struck us certainly when we came to rehearsal was the way that you were using the space that it's in. It, it's completely unique to the Vale Amphitheater. So what inspired that versus say, I'm just going to use this as traditionally as anyone would. Can and can you tell us about some well, of the ways everyone else speaking. does that? So
1: I'll just try something else. <laughs> uh-huh. And not against them. I'm like right. because I just feel like there's all this extra space here. Why can't we just mm-hmm. it's like it bothers me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just want to try it, mm-hmm. you know? Um because I can. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm gonna, I'm planning this um dance for the sidewalk that divides the audience that is under the what do you call that? the amphitheater, yeah. and then the lawn people. <laughs> the lawn the people. The lawn people. And, <laughs> and um, that's, you know, so I'll have two dances going on at the same time, but the people in the amphitheater will only see Miriam Solo and the people in the lawn will get to see both. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to right.
0: me. Yeah, I, And also that moment, it is, uh, you're kind of highlighting the division between what they're, wearing on their feet at that point. Miriam is doing this like endless series of bores around the perimeter of the whole stage.
1: Right, sort of like marking the territory. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And then, so are they going to have sneakers or was it just because it was raining the other day? The people that were... Gonna start the ballet up in the
1: oh they have sneakers, sneakers. Yeah. yeah. So
2: you're really having a whole evolution of footwear
1: in the ballet, exactly because it's like <laughs> sneakers and point shoes. Then they go away. Then it's ballet slippers and it's bare feet. bare feet. I love we it. Have everything. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: exactly. It's great.
1: Everything for everyone. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So is there gonna be music at that first part? We couldn't because yes. there was a lot happening. It's not yesterday
1: figuring it out. We're gonna figure it out today. Okay, I think. it's yeah. not totally done. There'll probably be like some drum beats and some yeah. things. Um, but yeah, there'll
0: be. Did Caroline just come up with that idea to take that riff of the of uh, 4th Expo Lake? Or what was that?
1: Well, what was interesting was I, because I have, the people can't see it, but I'll show it to you. I have this book I carry around. So I have this just like duet, like this Mm -hmm. book. Yeah. To show you how to partner. And so I made, some of this stuff is, um, Carla and Calvin do some Mm -hmm. of these diagrams. I love these diagrams. Like, look at the people. Yeah, I love it. So what is this book? Let's read it so we...
2: Potted a text on, textbook on partnering. Yeah. Awesome.
1: I just like
0: Nikolai...
2: I just
1: randomly bought it. it.
0: Nikolai you know? Do you know him? That? I don't no, know. I've never seen I feel
2: like didn't... I've seen that book before. Yeah. I feel like I have. Well, we'll link to it on Amazon or yeah. something.
1: Maybe like after the podcast, he'll get like a million orders. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're really influential. I know, like
1: obviously. Um, yeah. Just like look at the diagrams of the hands. Yeah. Just like to, to see all the different mm-hmm. grips up here. Do uh-huh. you see that? Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. Anyway, so I was telling... Caroline and I get along really well, and mm-hmm. so I was explaining to her how I put it together. Mm-hmm. So I'm using these sort of iconic or tr- conventional and traditional um, balletic forms and breaking them down, mm-hmm. so they don't turn. She, she, they're disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw it, right? Yeah. So you saw so they're So when it's when Calvin and Carla come down, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of turning her. He runs around her, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, things like that. So she then took that same idea and transferred it to the music. Mm -hmm. So she just like likes to know everything. That's so cool. How I put stuff together. Right. Um, Before we came, I drew out the dance, which is not the dance right now, but she Mm -hmm. asked me for a score of the dance Mm -hmm. and then write in in, like um, sounds that I was hearing. So like I did the whole thing. Um, So that's where we started from. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of went away from that – so did you start any of the composition pro-
2: process before you guys got here or has this been pr- probably like you know had that written down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like when you got here, there was nothing to listen to. No, no. But, but I'm, I'm sure she might-
1: had stuff in her head. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: No, I just mean like it's such a quick process, like really yeah. for the dance and composition, yes. all of that to be put together. Yeah, it's a lot. So how does that an extra challenge for you with um, not having the music (laughs) when you're in the studio. How does that, how do you kind of work around that?
1: I don't really, well, in the beginning of every dance, even dances that are to the music, Uh um, I work in silence because a lot of times, I mean, I'll have ideas of areas of what I want to happen, but I also have the movement and then the dancers and I, we do it and we see where things land and then you kind of, then you market from And there. then we market from there so it's not that different.
2: Okay. Right. That's I mean good. it
1: at a certain point I really wanted sound because yeah. I think it would be inspiring for the dancers to like or, or help create the environment mm-hmm. um but it's not it's not um it's fine for me. Yeah. Right. It's not stressing you. No. <laughs> well, I
0: think we have to let you go, God. unfortunately, get to your rehearsal. Yeah. But we're so excited for Monday's performance. And thank you for taking time out to talk to us. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. <laughs> thank you.
2: Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.